0: Show. Hope your weekend is off to an early and fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including Duke Carolina basketball. I have been covering it since 1987. I will offer my own answer to one of our questions of the day. What is the greatest rivalry you've ever experienced as an athlete or as a fan? And what made it that? Some of y'all say Yankees, Red Sox, or other things in professional sports. For many of you, the answer is Duke Carolina. If so, what is your favorite memory? I will share mine. It is not from the Wayback Machine, but my favorite memory happened more recently and symbolizes what I believe has been a healthy evolution of the matchups between the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels. When I first covered such things in the late 1980s, I don't believe the word hate was too strong, even among some of the participants. I knew the guys, they were around my age. They were not just at each other's throats competitively. In some cases, they flat out did not like each other at all. That can happen from time to time still, but there is a different undercurrent of respect and even some special moments that underlined that respect. I'll share my story and we will welcome yours. We all know that as one of America's greatest sports rivalries resumes tomorrow in Chapel Hill, that game right here in our backyard, it is rare to see the details that surround this edition of Duke Carolina. We don't see this version very often. Duke is where Duke usually is, really high in the rankings. The Devils are 19 and 3. They are number seven in the polls. The Tar Heels are tied with Lowly Wake Forest for the worst overall record among Atlantic Coast Conference basketball teams 10 wins, 12 losses. Everybody agrees. They're better and they've had bigger wins with Cole Anthony in the lineup and he missed more than six weeks. He is back, but the Tar Heels will be missing their senior guard, Brandon Robinson, one of their better shooters, if not their best shooter. Is it truly a throw the records out game as the bottom of the standings Tar Heels host the near the top of the standings Blue Devils? Do you expect a dominating Duke victory? Are you predicting a shocking Carolina upset? I will offer my two cents on that as we welcome not only your free for all Friday phone calls. If you're new to the David Glenn Show, once a week and only once a week, we turn most of our platform over to you. We do have two guests today. Carlos Boozer played in the Duke Carolina rivalry, he did not lose very often, if I remember correctly. He is on our all-time Duke guys in the NBA list. He's even in our starting lineup with guys like Kyrie Irving and Grant Hill. Carlos Boozer now with the ACC Network will be dropping by to discuss Duke Carolina in a little bit more than 60 minutes as part of our number two. And also later today, there's big news elsewhere in college athletics in our state. North Carolina A&T, based here in Greensboro, the largest historically black college and university in the nation an FCS football powerhouse, the Celebration Bowl champions, seemingly almost every year. Also a very strong basketball program. They announced this morning that they are leaving the MIAC, a league they helped found back in 1971. The Aggies are jumping next summer to the Big South, which if you didn't know already, houses among others high point campbell unc asheville and gardner webb for more schools here in our backyard so the acc has four north carolina-based members soon the big south will have five north carolina-based members kyle kalander is the commissioner of that league he broke the news officially earlier today there were media reports earlier this week The Aggies and the Eagles have one of the great rivalries in our state, one of the great rivalries among any HBCUs in the entire nation, and soon they will no longer be members of the same league. So interesting thing to follow for Aggies fans and Eagles fans. We go to the Aggie Eagle Classic in football every year. I make it to the basketball games from time to time as well. They're the two best teams that I've seen in the MEAC this year in hoops and they actually have to play each other twice. They haven't yet matched up. It's kind of like Duke and Carolina. Both games head-to-head in the regular season are in front of us, even as we are past the midpoint of the conference schedule in most of the leagues that we follow. Free-for-all Friday means you steer the ship in between our guests. You can pick the sport. It can be a question, a comment, a complaint, a prediction. The NFL offseason is upon us. The return of the XFL is upon us. My main question to you, if you're a football fan, is this. Are you going to be watching tomorrow as the Seattle Dragons play the D.C. Defenders? In my lifetime, as a sports fan and even as a sports media member, football long ago surpassed baseball as America's most popular sport. The NFL prints money and gets 100 million-plus TV viewers for the Super Bowl and huge audiences all year long. College football is incredibly popular and amazingly lucrative. Many say that the amount of money college football brings to a large athletic department pays for like 80% of the bills, meaning for all of the sports out there. So football, not every school, but overall football pays the freight at the college level. The NFL is the biggest economic engine we have in American sports. Football is that popular. The question is, is it so popular that Vince McMahon's reboot of the XFL will draw you to watch starting tomorrow, game one. It's a short season. It's only like two and a half months between tomorrow's opener. You only play 10 regular season games. Their Super Bowl will be in late April, so roughly two and a half months. Will you be watching tomorrow as Vince McMahon's league relaunches with some new rules, some interesting names, in eight cities across our nation. You can chime in on that if you like at 1-800-849-2761. What is that greatest rivalry you've experienced as an athlete or a fan? What makes it that? And if it is Duke UNC in basketball, what is your favorite memory from those matchups of the past? We'll ask Carlos Boozer that question. He played in it. I will chime in as someone who's covered it for a long time as well. On past 50 Duke Carolina games, intern Will is going to his first tomorrow at the Smith Center, so it's his maiden voyage for one of the great American sports rivalries. Darren Vaught has been there a handful of times as well. He is the producer of the David Glenn Show. I am back from my trip to Wilmington, so shout-out to Scott Hamilton for being the guest host yesterday, and a big thanks to UNC football coach Mack Brown, former Carolina player and coach John Bunting, who's a very good friend of me and our family, Marie Dooley, wife of the late great coach, Bill Dooley, uh, Sandy Coletti, and everyone else who was so hospitable yesterday, Cape Fear Community College among them. We raised a lot of money for the Coach Bill Dooley Education Foundation. Mac Brown was the featured speaker. I was the master of ceremonies. Everything went swimmingly. There were a lot of smiles. We had a lot of fun. We talked football with Coach Brown. appreciate Randy Slack of espn wilmington for having me on his show uh those folks do a great job in that part of our statewide audience of supporting what we do from noon to three for those who carry us live randy has the show that leads into ours in that part of the state just as friends like josh graham out in the triad have the shows that are right after we do our dancing bear uh tribute over the three hour span that we are together We have a lot on our agenda, even beyond college basketball and the football, NFL slash XFL. Pete Rose, Mookie Betts, and other baseball headlines from earlier in the week. National Signing Day, the transfer portal, and other college football news. The golf gods are back. Pebble Beach Pro-Am and Phil Mickelson says he will not accept an exemption to this year's U.S. Open He wants to earn his way in. Remember, that is the only major Phil has not yet won. John Jones back in the octagon. The NBA trade deadline has passed. The Heat and the Rockets, among those who did some interesting things, maybe the L.A. Clippers as well. The Canes won last night at Phoenix. They're on a four-game road trip that continues tomorrow night with a late game at Vegas. Vegas. And, of course, all things football all the time, all things college basketball all the time. North Carolina A&T is on the move in the realignment world, which has been mostly quiet lately. Remember, the ACC was once a nine-school league. Heck, it was an eight-school league before that. It was nine schools by the early 90s when Florida State joined. It's amazing how these things can change. We are at 15 by the ACC number, North Carolina a and will be on the move next summer from the MEAC to the Big South. Carlos Boozer, second hour. Kyle Kalander commissioner of the Big South, will join us at hour number three. High Point, Western Carolina, App State, Davidson, and others have big college basketball games beyond the obvious. Louisville welcomes UVA to town in another ACC matchup beyond the Duke-Carolina clash in Chapel Hill. Schools like Georgia Tech and Boston College and Wake Forest are facing difficult conversations about their head coaches as all three of them kind of sag toward the bottom of the standings. But we all know Duke, Louisville, and Florida State are carrying the ACC flag well. Others still have a chance. NC State among them. UVA among them. Syracuse among them. Notre Dame's not a bad basketball team, although their hole may be too deep to dig out of. The Tar Heels are 10-12 and 12 as they host the 19-3 Blue Devils. Your phone calls on the other side. I have brought a lot more to the table on the things I mentioned, among other things, but we're following your lead between guests. John wants in from Asheville right out of the gate. Others from the Atlantic Ocean to the Tennessee border and everywhere you'd want to live in between. What is the greatest rivalry you've experienced as an athlete or a fan, and what made it that? And if your answer is Duke Carolina men's basketball, what is your favorite memory? Mine is from not too, too long ago. I will share that story as we come to your calls. 1-800-849-2761. XFL football. Will you be watching tomorrow? as that league reboots with its first game of the 2020 season. You can be next with your question or comment on those or other matters. You can steer us elsewhere entirely. That's how free-for-all Friday works. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can be next on The David Glenn Show. I don't want those damn Dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hating. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by 100. You're in fantasy land if you ever think MC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. There's no way to... There's no way to... to deny it's different i mean the temperature is higher in the building uh whether you're in the smith center or cameron indoor stadium it's hotter and uh, you can feel it welcome back to the david glenn show welcome back to free for all friday we are taking your calls we do have two guests they are both later former duke blue devils star longtime nba player two-time all-star carlos boozer will drop by from the acc network There's going to be like 12 straight hours of coverage for Duke Carolina tomorrow. Seriously, game day starts early. Game days kind of there all day. But as we welcome your calls, free for all Friday is really the only day since we went syndicated and statewide long ago, coming at you live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. It is the only day that you are less likely to get busy signals and long waits. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you want to make a prediction, if you want to answer one of our questions of the day, we carve out Fridays to make it easier for you to do so. What is the greatest rivalry you've ever experienced as an athlete or fan, and what made it that? And if your answer is Duke Carolina men's basketball, what is your favorite memory? I've been covering it since the late 1980s. I will offer my favorite memory and even an evolution of sorts as that memory, as we also ask you with NFL football behind us, but XFL football part two upon us. Will you be watching tomorrow as the Seattle Dragons take on the D.C. defenders? One thing on Duke Carolina, and then we get to as many of your calls as we can. Carlos Boozer later. We also have this commissioner of the Big South, Kyle Kalander, dropping by. North Carolina A&T announced that it is leaving the MEAC and joining the Big South as a full member starting in the summer of 2021. More on that breaking news that became official a little bit earlier today. The Wolfpack is off this weekend, but has a huge trip to Syracuse Tuesday night. So Kevin Keats and Jim Beheim will both be looking at that one as a potential resume builder. Number five, Louisville hosts a UVA team that I believe has the best chance of being ACC number four, but the Cavaliers need to keep building their resume. And of course, the biggie, is Duke against Carolina, this time at the Smith Center, as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Crazy stats right out of the gate. I cannot believe that this is a reality because in my own personal experience, as a young person, what defined rivalry best for me as a sports fan, just as a little kid or even a teenager, one was from the NBA, where back then, a little bit like now, but it was way more intense, Sixers of my hometown of Philadelphia against the Celtics of Boston. I mean, the Sixers had Dr. J and Moses Malone for a while and a lot of other really good players. And depending on the era, you know, the Celtics had Larry Bird and they were winning a lot of NBA titles. It was intense. They flat out didn't like each other as cities. They flat out didn't like each other in many cases as players. There was bitterness and intensity and even hatred involved in that rivalry, and that's what I saw as a little kid in the Philadelphia area: Eagles, Cowboys. Another pro example from the NFL, of course. Similar intensity, similar hatred, et cetera. That was what defined rivalry with the capital R. Although, of course, I was aware of Yankees, Red Sox in baseball. I'm not sure my Phillies had. The perfect fit for that, like it rotated a little bit. The Flyers in hockey that I watched as a little kid, yeah, for a while it was the Bruins, and then it was the Rangers, and then it was somebody else, so a little different. But Sixers, Celtics, Cowboys, Eagles, man, I thought that was as good as it gets. And then I moved to North Carolina, and I started covering sports for a living, and I realized you have to have Duke Carolina men's basketball somewhere on your short list. Doesn't have to be number one for you. And I'm aware that there are international soccer rivalries and there are way beyond our boundaries in America rivalries that fit this description for others. I get it. But Yankees, Red Sox, Duke Carolina, Alabama, Auburn, there's a handful that if you don't have them in your top ten, you're just either wired differently or you're not paying attention. It is about as good as it gets in what American sports has to offer. Crazy stat regarding duke carolina carlos Boozer, in about an hour on the resumption of this great rivalry in the last 100 games played between the blue devils and the tar heels you might have heard this one by now 50 wins for each side 50 for the tar heels 50 for the devils we know it's a weird year we know the devils are the heavy favorite We know the Tar Heels are scratching the bottom of the ACC standings. 50-50 over the long haul. We use that phrase a lot. 50-50? No. It's 50-50, like literally 50 wins, 50 losses. And on top of that, each side has scored exactly 7,746 points. That's weird, man. That's awesome, too, right? With a capital A, maybe, as Dickie V would say. And how about this one? Before most of us were born was the last time Duke and Carolina played with neither team being ranked. The streak continues tomorrow, of course, because Duke is number seven in the nation. So Carolina's down, and there have been times when Duke has been down. But you have to go back to 19 freaking 60, 1960, 1960 to find the last time it was unranked Duke against unranked Carolina in a men's basketball game. Are you kidding me? Tomorrow will be the 152nd consecutive game between the Heels and the Devils where at least one of them is ranked. And keep in mind, most of the time, they're both ranked. That's part of what makes this a next-level rivalry as we welcome your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Trey in Hillsborough will be next up. He wants in on Duke Carolina, so that makes him a good fit right out of the gate. Number two that I promised you actually earlier this week and then I had the day off yesterday, so this is a really delayed, <laughs> a delayed delivery on this promise. Do the history books suggest that you should really, as the saying goes, throw out the records when rivals play one another? Darren Vaught, you are a rising star in the broadcasting ranks, voice of USA Baseball, voice of High Point Basketball with Tubby Smith and Friends. How many times have you heard some version, and you've probably said it at some point, throw out the records? You know I mean, what a geek my this, lawyer... This week alone, we probably creep up into like four or five hundred. <laughs> right? My lawyer brain will not allow hearing that phrase without researching whether or not it's true. Of course. I, I am... It is my death knell. <laughs> it is my blessing. Hopefully, in some context, it helps me become different and better ways. It's not always fun to think that way, Darren. Trust me. But I do. So I do the <laughs> research, and I pose this question to you. If I told you that during the Mike Krzyzewski era, so we're going back four decades, and this is true, I'm not making this up, there were 10 times where the shoe was on the other foot compared to tomorrow. There were 10 games in this 40-year period where it was Carolina ranked, either under Dean Smith or Bill Guthridge or Roy Williams or even Matt Doherty. 10 games where the heroes, heroes were in the national polls But Coach K's Blue Devils were not in the national polls. I'll tell you what my brain, before I did the research, I just said to myself, you know what? I'll bet you Coach K, as that underdog, grabbed blank victories. I'm telling you there were 10 examples over these 40 years where Duke was the unranked playing the ranked Tar Heels. What is your guess? How many did the unranked Blue Devils throw out the records, manage to beat the ranked tar heels in those 10 attempts that fit that description uh maybe two or three that's how my brain works like k k's the goat man probably got two three yeah man at least managed a couple i mean you can't you cannot expect any coach not even the greatest of all time to just take unranked teams and beat highly ranked teams regularly like that truly there are no examples of that in the history of sports. Well, plus, there are none. Plus, throwing those, those records out, just t- taking into account what we already know and using some SAT logic, if there are 50 wins and 50 losses apiece in their last 100 meetings, I mean, in any instance, it sure. would have to be a little bit closer to even, right? Correct answer only one for the underdog Blue Devils. Now, again, we're huh. talking 40 years. The Blue Devils have only one example of being unranked and beating the ranked Tar Heels. Now, they only had 10 opportunities that fit that description, but one out of 10 is still bad, right? Not as many as we would have thought given the GOAT status of the guy named Shashevsky. This is also a correct number. There have been 15 times. I didn't go back all of eternity. This is the 100th anniversary of a rivalry that began in 1920. So we are we are truly at the centennial here. There were 15 examples during the Mike Krzyzewski era, so over f- the same four decades, where, like tomorrow, it was the unranked Tar Heels playing the ranked Blue Devils. Now, I didn't break it down to where they were in the rankings, but the Devils are pretty darn high. I mean, they're not squeaking in at 25, right? They're number seven in the nation. Best I can tell, they're one of the half a dozen best Bets to make a run at a national title. They're not just good. They're really good, but they're not unbeatable. Stephen F. Austin beat them. Clemson beat them down at Little John, right? In the 15 examples where it was the unranked Tar Heels and it was the ranked Blue Devils as tomorrow, how many did the Heels grab as that massive underdog? I will say, just off the top of my head, I can remember a couple of instances where this was the case. One happened f- six years ago. So maybe four or five of the 15? Good guess. It was four. So the Tar Heels are four wins and 11 losses in certainly what looks like a bleak outlook, right? Duke's loaded again. You're struggling at 10 and 12. You're scraping bottom with Wake Forest in the overall standings uh, as the ACC lines up those standings. Six years ago, Duke was number five, and Roy Williams led the Tar Heels, unranked at the time, to a victory. Before that, man, it was Matt Doherty way back in 2003 beating a top-10 Duke team with the Tar Heels. Before that, it was when I was a young journalist. Dean Smith in 1990, the Tar Heels were not great that year during the regular season. They were unranked. They ended up doing pretty good things later. They beat the Blue Devils as an unranked team twice under Dean Smith in 1990. So there are only four examples in 40 years Those dreaming of the upset tomorrow, there are only four similar examples in 40 years for the Heels. There's only one example for an underdog Duke team. Dean Smith did it twice in the same year, and I was there for those. I mean, I remember Duke was loaded. You know, the next two years, Duke won the national championship, not 90, but the following two years. And Dean Smith had a a group of guys that just weren't clicking at the end of the 80s and into 1990, but... He sprung those unranked versus ranked Blue Devils upsets twice in the same year. What will happen tomorrow? With that in mind, we come to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. Trey, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Hey, David. So I was thinking if Carolina wins tomorrow, this would be the fifth time. Where would you rank that? on the all-time upset list with Duke. Yeah, man, I'm, a, I'm afraid to go back to 1924. I, I, w- I would, uh, listen, if you had any thoughts in mind, I was there in 1990 for both of those games, and the Blue Devils were in the national top 10. And the Tar Heels were not this year, by the way. They were not, like, scuffling at the bottom of the ACC. But they just... You know, they had King Rice at point guard and Rick Fox was one of their wings and J.R. Reed was one of their big guys, Scott Williams, guys like that. And and they they, they had some talent, but not Carolina-like talent, the way, you know, Dean Smith won it all with Michael Jordan and Sam Perkins and James Worthy in the early 80s. So I think those 1990 Dean Smith signature victories, back-to-back, I mean, one was, if I remember correctly, in 1990, yeah, they were both the regular season games, so it's not like one of them was at the, uh, the the ACC tournament. And the Heels did finish strongly that year, so it's not like like 10 years ago, Roy Williams only made the NIT. This year, Roy Williams is 10 and 12. It's not a slightly down Carolina team. It's the most down Carolina team we've seen since the Matt Doherty debacle uh, of the very early 2000s, so... Yeah, I'll say, I'll I'll go back to the ones that I witnessed as a young journalist in 1990. Six years ago, I'm trying to remember all the details from that one. That's the most recent example. The Blue Devils were number five, but that Carolina team was not a bad Carolina team. They just happened to not be in the rankings at the time. So in my lifetime, Trey, I'll say that the 1990 sweep by the Tar Heels of highly ranked Blue Devils teams, the biggest upsets that I've ever seen, and they were both double-digit wins for the unranked Tar Heels over the highly-ranked Blue Devils. Like, I remember writing preview articles about those, those games and picking the Devils to win. And, and then, of course, there may have been, my mind is a little bit uh, loose all these years later, but there may have been some pushback, Darren. Even before the Internet, people would call you and write to you telling you what an idiot you were uh, if it was something as large as the grand-scale Of Duke, Carolina. Trey, did you have something in mind, or are you just looking for my two cents? Appreciate your call, man. 1-800-849-2761. Let me squeeze in a break here. We'll get to as many of your calls as we can on the other side. Doesn't have to be Duke, Carolina. It doesn't even have to be question of the day. But since football long ago surpassed everything else as America's most popular sport, since the NFL and college football both remain insanely popular and lucrative, the XFL is back tomorrow. Will you be watching? Are you that passionate, a football fan, that Vince McMahon's reboot of the XFL will draw you to the TV? It is ABC. I'll give Vince McMahon credit for this. It's not obscure outlets that will be carrying XFL football games. It's ABC proper tomorrow. Fox proper is going to carry some games Every single XFL game, listen to this, this is two different monstrous companies that Vince McMahon has aligned himself with, and this is huge. People can't fall in love with something that they have a hard time finding, right? It's not hard to find games on, ready for this? Every XFL game will be on one of these six channels, three under the Disney umbrella, but it's ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2. Those are their three most prominent channels three under the Fox umbrella, Fox, FS1, FS2. Every single game over two and a half months will be on one of those six channels. That's at least a step in the right direction compared to a lot of the failed professional football league attempts of the past, including... You know, the recently defunct Alliance of American Football. More football, more college hoops, more Duke Carolina, and yes, more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. What else will I be watching in college basketball beyond Duke Carolina? A lot of our in-state teams and some other ACC teams have huge games as well. What is the greatest rivalry you've ever experienced as an athlete or fan, and what made it that? More of my answers with more of yours. And if Duke Carolina in men's basketball fits that description, what's your favorite memory? Mine comes from not too many years ago. I'll tell you why as we come back to your calls next the great difference between sport and capital e entertainment and capital s sport is that we don't know the outcome and that feeling of uncertainty positively or negatively is unique we are quoting bob ryan the way i would quote you know aristotle or confucius you're listening to the david glenn show to the David Glenn show we do have some lines open on free-for-all Friday Alex is in Wake Forest Al Van is in Burlington he has football on his mind a lot of folks Duke Carolina or other college basketball we'll talk to the Commissioner of the Big South Kyle Kalander runs that outfit and he announced earlier today that the Big South is growing and it is doing so by grabbing North Carolina A&T from the MEAC the Aggies were a founding member of that league way back in 1971 Starting next summer, they will be members of the Big South, as are, in our backyard, Campbell, UNC Asheville, High Point, and Gardner-Webb. More with the commissioner on that breaking news from this morning in Hour 3, Carlos Boozer, former Duke star and NBA star, drops by in 35 minutes to talk Duke Carolina and other college basketball. You can be next with your question, comment, or complaint at 1-800-849-2761. So I gave you the numbers behind the whether or not history suggests you should really throw the records out just because it's a rivalry game. Again, Coach K had 10 opportunities as an unranked Duke team coach to beat the ranked Tar Heels, who won only one out of those 10. So that certainly does not back up the idea that you can just throw the records out because it's two great rivalries getting, rivals getting together. In the other direction, which is what we have tomorrow, the Heels have had 15 opportunities. They managed to win four of those 15. Not a great winning percentage. But if you're unranked against a highly ranked Duke team, four out of 15 might not be all that bad. I just add this as we come to Alex and Wake Forest and you at 1-800-849-2761. The most recent example of a truly lopsided matchup between Duke and Carolina. I mentioned six years ago, Roy Williams led the unranked Tar Heels over number 5 Duke. But if you go back, those Tar Heels were outside the top 25, but they were not the basement dwellers that these Tar Heels are. When you look at it from that perspective, more of the basement dweller against the powerhouse in the rivalry. Can you throw out the records then? Well, answer no. (laughs) Ten years ago, when the Tar Heels were on their way to the NIT, Roy Williams' worst team In his 31 years as a head coach, 10 years ago, they finished 20 wins and 17 losses. That is his worst record as an assistant coach or a head coach dating to the 1970s. When that Duke rivalry against Carolina resumed in 2010, with that lowly by Carolina standards team, what happened? Well, both games were double digit victories by the Blue Devils. That's what you'd expect when the cellar dweller tries to beat the highly ranked team. I do recall that Duke that year, you know, great version of Duke, bottom-scraping version of Carolina, Duke Duke beat the Heels by 30-plus in Cameron. That's what you'd expect, right? And that also does not reflect the the throw-out-the-records cliché, right? It reflects, yeah, you should pay attention to the records because that's what usually tells you what's going to happen. It's the opposite of throw out the records. That same year when the lowly heels hosted the Devils, it was a much better game. It ended up being like a 10 or 12-point win by Duke. But the bottom line was the same. Ten years ago when we had somewhat similar circumstances, the heels lost both. That's what I would expect to happen tomorrow. I'm sure some out there are predicting a Carolina shock the world victory. But that Carolina offense is the biggest obstacle to an upset. They just can't put it together. Without Cole Anthony or with Cole Anthony, they are Roy Williams' worst offense of his entire career. And that doesn't mean a player or two. Garrison Brooks inside has it in him. Cole Anthony, the freshman, has it in him. Armando Baycott, the freshman center, is a nice player. No Brandon Robinson because of his ankle issue. Maybe somebody else steps up. Leaky Black, Christian Keeling looked a little better in that loss to Florida State. The Tar Heels need all hands on deck to have a chance, obviously. And history certainly does not support overall the idea of throwing out the records. Alex, welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. Oh, sir, just calling in for the best rivalry I've ever seen is I was lucky to live in Australia for a year. Cool. And while I was down there, they had something called the State of Origin. And uh, it's pretty much the best players out of their professional rugby teams from their state of Queensland and New South Wales going at each other for three games just to prove that their state had the better players than any other states in Australia. And is that, like, celebrated nationwide or just in those two Uh, areas? Nationwide for 100 years. Yeah, that's cool. So that reminds me of, like, you know, and I'm welcoming other examples from beyond our backyard. I mean, Duke Carolina, I think, well, I know it has North America-wide recognition. I have asked in my world travels, like just, you know, Europe or Costa Rica or Mexico or somewhere, uh, you know, have you ever all, Maria and I, honeymooned in Bora Bora and Maria? I mean, ch- seriously, that you are halfway around the world if you travel that far. And every once in a while, we just drop into a conversation. Y'all ever heard of uh, Duke Carolina? Just to see. So there's a little bit of a worldwide aspect to that. But I love that example from Australian rugby. And for those who celebrate international soccer, I think they call it El Clasico, where when it is Barcelona against Real Madrid, the two best soccer teams, football, as they call them, in Spain, in one of the better leagues in Europe. When those two get together, El Clasico, my buddy Dave Tellup, now a scout for the San Antonio Spurs, former intern, Will, Dave that has an NBA championship ring after interning for me. Uh, So you're on that track, I know. He went to El Clasico, and he said, man, it was a different type of vibe, like a Duke Carolina, than even what you get at the Super Bowl. Because remember, the Super Bowl, while huge, is filled with third-party fans. There are corporate people. The, you know, When I took the, my son to see Eagles Patriots a couple years ago in Minneapolis, there are a lot of Vikings fans there just to support the Super Bowl and be a part of something special. Whereas, you know, Duke Carolina you got some rabid fans on both sides. El Clasico, you've got rabid fans on both sides. I imagine that was the case for your Australian rugby example as well. Todd is in Kinston and actually has a good answer to our question of the day. What is the greatest rivalry you've experienced as an athlete or a fan and what made it that? And if it happens to be Duke Carolina men's basketball, what is your favorite memory? I will give you mine as we take more of yours. Todd, welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Hey, Dave, good to talk to you again. Thanks, man. Yeah, back when I was growing up in grade school in North Carolina, NC State and Carolina was the big rivalry before Duke's you know, emergence with Shashevsky. With and I remember a game, I think it was like 1979. Dean hadn't won his first championship, and NC State had. They were one up on Carolina. Right. But the game, I think Carolina was odds on favorite to, to win this game. Uh, it was in Raleigh, and NC State fought their way back, fought their way back only to be denied at the end, like it seems like NC State is, is wont to do more recently. But uh, I think uh, Claude Austin was bringing the ball up with about 10 seconds left, and he looked up at the clock to see how much time was left, and Dudley Bradley stole the ball right out from underneath him and went in to dunk it to win the game by one point. It reminds me of when we talk with Roy Williams of UNC, who joined us not long ago. When he grew up in the mountains of North Carolina, there was no doubt what the best college basketball rivalry was. It was State Carolina. When Phil Ford, who to this day some still call the greatest point guard in UNC history, joins our show as a guest, he says that when he signed with the Tar Heels in the mid-'70s, it was State Carolina that got everybody's attention. You know, David Thompson and Monty Tao and... Uh, Tommy Burleson from the 1974 Wolfpack National Championship team. They'll drop by and say, absolutely, man. You know, it's not like they're naive. They know what Duke Carolina has become. But in that era, and I was not living in North Carolina at the time, so I just read about it and I hear about it from people like Todd and those coaches and athletes. It was the be-all, end-all, not only in North Carolina, remember. Dean Smith had national superpowers. Norm Sloan had a national superpower. Later, Jimmy V in the 80s, obviously, as the Pack added a second national championship in 1983. Uh, You know, that was the place to be. Reynolds Coliseum, or old Carmichael Auditorium, Wolfpack Tar Heels, for the last, what? I would say, kind of in my time covering this stuff, actually. I came along in the latter part of the 80s, From then, remember Duke, Dean Smith had it rolling, 70s, got that title in in 1982. By the later 80s, Dean Smith was already on his way to Mount Rushmore status as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Heels were always near the top or at the top of the ACC standings. Final four runs, the one national title, he got another one in the 1990s, of course. And along comes Coach K, hired in the early 80s, it took a little while, but by 1986, that famous class—Johnny Dawkins, Jay Billis, etc.—had the Devils in the national title game. Now they lost that one, but from '86 forward, it's been Duke, Carolina, man, and it's just the numbers are striking. Given that, again, in the last 100 games, as the rivalry celebrates its 100-year anniversary, with this game tomorrow in Chapel Hill, first game ever, 1920 most recent game as of tomorrow will be 2020, the last 100 head-to-head matchups, 50 wins for each side. 1-800-849-2761. State Carolina still carries something in our neighborhood, but do people in 49 states care when the Heels play the Wolfpack in football or men's basketball anymore? I mean, to be candid about it, unless it's an alum of one of those schools living elsewhere. It's there's no buzz around Duke Carolina I mean State Carolina in, in most of those sports anymore. Maybe it'll come back sometimes in a given year it'll occasionally come back. But overall, man, it's all about the Blue Devils and the Tar Heels because that one is famous not only here but seriously around the world. More of your free-for-all Friday phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. Carlos Boozer played in this great rivalry. He now analyzes college basketball for the ACC Network. Booze drops by in about 25 minutes. Your calls before then and after then at 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. You like college football? It's Taj Boyd. Taj, how are you? Welcome I'm to the good. show. Dave, man, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm excited to be here, man. And excited for the questions that you're going to ask. Mark Richt of Georgia, please stop taking our best high school football players, but otherwise, thank you for the visit. Last thing for Virginia Tech coach Frank Beamer. So do we. The David Glenn Show. Thanks, David. Appreciate it a lot. You got it. All right, Darren, since Duke Carolina is among our popular free-for-all Friday topics, quick reminder from me, Since I've been to, I think, almost 60 of these things dating to the 1980s, mostly as a member of the media, but occasionally I just sneak in in a different capacity. I've been surprised to learn over the years how often folks don't understand how certain things work. I do think most would know, common sense, if you ever wanted to just go there and buy from somebody outside, tomorrow's your day. At Cameron, the capacity is much smaller. We all know how supply and demand works, and even in a down year for one of the other teams, that's not your place to just go hawk a ticket. Tomorrow in Chapel Hill, you'd have a better shot at a reasonable price. You know, maybe even less than $100 for a ticket, which by Duke Carolina standards, that's saying something. Another tidbit that has always surprised me when it surprises people. The Smith Center doors are open to the public tomorrow morning. In other words, of course, you got to pay to watch the game. But at 930 a.m. It is free admission to all 930. The Smith Center doors open. ESPN's college game day show begins at 11 on ESPN proper. The game isn't until 6 p.m. But you can experience it as a fan for free. If you want to go there at any time from 9.30 to catch in the game day crew, Seth Greenberg was one of our guests a little bit earlier this week. There are door prizes. There are concessions available in those morning hours. Seriously. They even have sign-making stations at the Smith Center. I think holiday rules are in effect for those signs, by the way. That means no politics and no religion on the signs. Probably no profanity as well. Otherwise, have a blast. But that's just one more layer. To duke carolina day we're back to your calls next unc coach roy williams is joining us you are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as dean smith i know that i will never be as good as he was in in any way yet when i hear people say those things yeah those things are pretty neat I, but i try to make sure that's about as far as i go keep it here on the david glenn show